better than this? Guys, being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast, presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino, Chris Schubert, and Jordan Reed from the Draft Network. And we are your hosts here on this Thursday episode of the show. Like we said, we are continuing our preview of the top 10 NFL draft prospects in each conference by having the TDN scout on the podcast to share their list, give us their rankings. And Jordan Reed, among many things, handles the Big 12 for us. And Jordan is here to reveal his top 10 players in the Big 12, just like we have done for the ACC. Big 10 and SEC to this point. And Jordan, welcome I'm guessing in 2025 we're probably going to have to to rearrange the, the the conference structure within our group because man, there's not going to be a whole lot left in the Big 12. Yeah, I don't even know if the Big 12 is going to still be around in 2025, but we'll see. I'm looking forward to those initial press conferences from you know Sark and and Lincoln Riley, where inevitably those questions are going to come up, and you could just already feel the coach speak like. You know, right now we're just focused on, you know, being the best version of the Oklahoma Sooners that we can and uh winning winning the Big 12 this year. That's part of the plan. You know, it's just going to be it's going to be yeah. weird, man. It's going to be awkward and very weird. I definitely agree with that, but this conference alignment, not just the Big 12, everything is crazy. Everybody wanted to go to the SEC talking about super conferences like I couldn't even imagine like a 20 team conference. Like even the yeah. logistics of all that stuff is going to be crazy. Uh before we get to your list, I do have a question for you about expectations and kind of going into studying the big 12 this summer with a open mind and letting the talent speak to you where did it come in compared to the way you thought it would going into you know the summer scouting um it went right about where i pretty much expected i mean your top dogs are your top dogs in the conference you know your oklahoma's your iowa states Texas is always going to have the most talent in the conference, but I was really surprised with the talent that Oklahoma has this year, especially on the defensive side of the ball, and we'll talk about that in the list. I have plenty of defenders, which going down it, I was like, man, I have more Oklahoma defenders than offensive guys. That's something that I'm not really used to seeing, especially for a Lincoln-Riley-led team, so Oklahoma's loaded this year. Matt Campbell's done a really good job of loading the Iowa State roster up as well. They have some really good players coming back this year. All right, so without further ado, let's work through the list. You could start with number 10, and I'm anxious to find out uh, where you settle on these guys. I think the top, I'm expecting the top to look a certain way, but 10 through 7, or 10 through 3, excuse me, those first seven names are going to be really interesting. Yeah, and this actually was the hardest part of the list, honestly. Uh, the 6 through 10, those were the harder guys. I mean, the top five is the top five in the conference, I think. I think those are pretty much no-brainers. But my first guy on the list, he's not getting a whole bunch of buzz right now, but I was really impressed with this film, and it's Oshan Mathis. He's an edge rusher from TCU. He'll be a true junior this year. And he started off the year a little bit slow, but he finished off the backstretch of the year really strong. The last six games, he had 29 tackles and eight sacks. And what you notice is that, TCU defensive linemen are always an interesting evaluation just because Gary Patterson, we know his defensive prowess and just how creative of a mind he is. And if you remember, the name Ross Blacklock is one that was more mm-hmm. of the more higher drafted defenders to come out of there in previous seasons. We, we saw more red come out of there, go second round last year. But just talking about front seven wise, 
they do some different things with their front seven. They do a lot of slanting and twisting. So it's really hard to get a true evaluation as far as them doing stuff on their own and creating moves on their own. And that's what I was really impressed with Mathis. When they just let them go straight ahead, you see the upfield explosion. They really play him from mostly a two-point stance. So I think he's probably going to have to transition to be a 3-4 outside linebacker, which is great for him just because he has that high-cut build, kind of a – a really skinny torso, so he's not really going to gain a whole bunch of weight. Um, draft, scout, draft Scout had him at 247 right now, which sounds about right, looks about right on his film. But I was really impressed with how he finished down the back stretch of the year. So Oshawn Mathis definitely is a name that could, by the end of the year, be in that you know top six or top five discussion when we're talking about top players to come out of the Big 12. Yeah, and then next next guy I'll go to is one that, you know, I've been a huge fan of, and we've talked about him plenty in our scouting meetings, is Eric Gray, the running back from Oklahoma who was a Tennessee transfer, and he had some really good numbers at Tennessee. He got off to a bit of a slow start during his career, but he finished the backstretch of the year really strongly, and a lot of people were really surprised to see that he transferred just because he probably was going to be the lead guy there, especially with Ty Chandler leaving, who's a running back at North Carolina now. They lost him as well so in that backfield with oklahoma he's going to be splitting carries with kennedy brooks bit of a smaller back he's about 5'9 205 pounds he's going to be a true junior this year but it's just been a football junkie his entire life his dad was a high school football coach um he was a two-time tennessee gatorade player of the year so you talk about a highly decorated player coming out of high school and then now at oklahoma i think this is an opportunity that's going to be absolutely huge for him and i know kennedy brooks is listed as the starter right now but my hunch is as the year goes along and Eric Gray starts to prove what he's capable of in this wide open offense, I think he's going to be the main catalyst of that Lincoln Riley rushing attack. So I'll say like, obviously it's going to be, I think he will be the the lead back for Oklahoma pretty soon in the season. But I think last year proved with the two North Carolina backs with Javante Williams going high second round and, and Michael Carter, he was wind up being a, a fourth round pick, right? Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, it's still too high picks. Like I don't think, I don't think the NFL is going to discriminate against Gray for being part of a backfield where the carries are going to be split. If anything, they may look upon that favorably and appreciate that there's less wear and tear on them. Absolutely, and we know when most teams or playoff teams they have that two or three back committee that is going on right now. Yep. You very rarely see these high price running backs going deep deep into the playoffs. So I think with these committees, that's really what the NFL is really trending more towards. And a back like Eric Gray, that not, not only provides you a value in the backfield, but he can flex out and be a part of the passing game as well. He can play slot receiver. I think that's going to help him a ton. I don't want to go too far down a can of worms, but something that came to mind as we talked about that, that dynamic, you know, you think about running backs and how they want to establish rhythm within the game. And, you know, they, they some of them get stronger as – they gain more carries and reps in a given game. And you I, I've heard that from backs in press conferences that well, they talk about, well, it couldn't get in rhythm. It, it, sharing carries kind of makes it difficult to get a feel for the game and be the best version of yourself. Maybe being in a split backfield in college and, and being more accustomed to sharing the load makes it helpful for these guys in the NFL where most likely they're going to have to split carries again and they can't use that excuse and that crutch of why couldn't get in rhythm with the game. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, us being evaluators, the first thing that we look at when we're talking about running backs is just how much tread does he have on his tires? And I think players like Javante Williams and, you know, these other running Michael Carter from, from North Carolina as well. I think that really 
was a positive for them on their resume just because they're coming into the league with not a lot of wear and tear on their body. And, you know, in years past, we've talked about we've had question marks about players that were three or four year starters at running back and they were the main guy. So you always worry about when that expiration date is going to be for them just because we know with running backs, they very rarely see that second contract if they're not a three guy or three down threat. So that's always your worry with those type of running backs. So if you're I've always this is how I've always envisioned running backs. It's kind of like in basketball when you have that hot shooter that night, you're just going to constantly feed him. And I think that's how running backs need to be unselfish in that in that rushing attack. If that guy's hot that night, the coach is going to go with him. So and I think in the long run, it really could help you just because you're going to have more shelf life in a sense when you're going to the next level. So you're looking for guys that probably are in that split backfield committee just because you want the most bang for your buck, especially when you're talking about running backs that you're trying to squeeze four years out of. Mm hmm. Absolutely. So, you know, I'm going to stay with the Oklahoma Sooners and I'm going to go to the number eight guy on my countdown. And it is Isaiah Thomas, not the basketball player. I know that's a very popular basketball name, but Isaiah Thomas, the edge rusher from Oklahoma, a player that I did not know a whole bunch about coming into this evaluation process. This really was his first year of where he was a starter in a sense. And he's about six foot five, 267 pounds. He's going to be a redshirt senior this year. And they play him all over the place. He can reduce inside and sub packages. He rushes off of the edge. He has that David Irving type of build. Now he's not as tall as David Irving. I think David Irving is about six, six or six, seven. So he's a couple inches shorter than him. But as far as those narrow shoulders, that long torso and just those long levers, he's really good at using his arms. He has a nice, um, swimming, uh, swimming, uh, rip move that he likes to use, a cross chop that he likes to use from time to time as well. So you're starting to see those moves, and that light really started to turn on for him last year. So I think when you're talking about some of these Oklahoma defensive linemen, it wouldn't surprise me if he ends up being the first one drafted. And we'll talk about one a couple numbers from now or a couple slots from now that I really like a lot. So between those two or the one that's also in my top five as well, it wouldn't surprise me if one of these guys ends up going day two or all of them go take go day two just because Oklahoma's loaded. I keep saying that I've told plenty of people that I've said in our scouting meetings, like they're loaded on both sides of the ball this year. And it wouldn't surprise me if Isaiah Thomas ends up being one of the first defensive players drafted. This episode is brought to you by rock auto, a family business serving do it yourselfers for over 20 years. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless and seemingly intimidating questions like, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? And wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing only the brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and save money. When you use rockauto.com, why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain, store, or car dealership? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Make sure you write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. They have amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need over at rockauto.com. All right, Jordan, we're at number seven on your list of top Big 12 prospects entering the 2021 season. Who do you have? So I've talked enough about Oklahoma. So let's take a little bit of a break from Oklahoma. We're going to go to the other side of the Red River rivalry, and we're going to go to Texas, and we're going to go to linebacker DeMarvin Overshone, who's getting a lot of preseason hype right now, and rightfully so, especially when you're talking about the modern-day linebacker of players that have a little bit of a smaller build, but you sacrifice some of that size just because you want to have them 
as far as three down threats and be really good in pass coverage just because that's the name of the game. now. If linebackers can't play on third down, they can't really get on the field just because of how unique and how effective offenses are in the passing game. They've done a really good job of isolating these running backs and these tight ends on these linebackers, especially if they can't play or cover on third down. So coverage is one area that is really impressive about DeMarvin Overshone. He's very loose, very loose mover. He's about six foot three, 217 pounds is what he's listed at on draft scout. Still only 20 years old. Um, I think he turns 21 in August. So it's going to be uh, his 21st birthday here very soon. So a bit of a younger prospect if he does elect to come out this year, only 12 starts in 27 career games. He was a safety prior to last year. So he has that conversion um, in his back pocket that he's still trying to figure out right now, but it is kind of a gift and a curse for him right now. But he has he has the loose movements that you're looking for. Very, very high intensity player. He's playing Mike predominantly for them. So I thought he, he was a, he was swimming a little bit last year as far as, you know, reading pullers and reading running concepts. That That's something that was a, really a little bit slow for him as far as his reaction speed. And he's still kind of playing like a third level player right now. So I think with him being able to process the game another year, being on the second level, being one area down a little bit closer to the ball. Hopefully he's able to speed up those reactionary quickness a little bit in a sense. And I think that's what a lot of people are really predicting with him right now. Kind of has that, that like Darius Leonard type of build, a little bit slender, but you sacrifice some of that size for speed. Does he have the length like Leonard, though? Not quite. Uh, he's not yeah. as long as Leonard, but he has a similar build. Um, very slender. I think he needs yeah. to gain a little bit more weight just because I don't think he's as quick twitch as Leonard was coming out either. And he's not as physical as what Leonard is either. And I think that's one of the special qualities about Leonard is that even though he's slender, he loves to take on blocks. And I don't think he's quite as physical as what Leonard was coming out. All right, number six on your list. So, believe it or not, we are going back to Oklahoma. And I have Perry and Winfrey, the interior defensive lineman for the Sooners. Joe, me and you have talked about him a plenty. Yep. You've watched him. And he's raw as raw as can be. He's about six foot two and a half and hovering around 300 pounds. He's going to be a senior this year, was the number one Juco recruit in the country back in 2019. Actually chose Oklahoma over Alabama. A lot of people thought he was going to end up going to play with the Crimson Tide. So that just goes to show you the type of talent that he does have. But I just thought he was really raw last year. And yes, he is a natural penetrator, but he just does not have any moves right now. But he will experiment here and there. With the spin move, you'll see a quick club and rip, and you'll see him just experimenting all over the place. And you're like, oh, man, this dude could really be something. So he's just really relying off of his natural ability right now. And what you're hoping is that he can add some more tools into his toolbox, and then he can really utilize and bundle bundle everything around those quick twitch abilities. So I'm going to be banking on those traits. I think he's a little bit more twitchy than what Neville Gallimore was coming out a couple of years ago, and I think he ended up going in the second round to the Cowboys, mm -hmm. if I'm not mistaken. So I think Perry and Winfrey definitely can get into that top 40 discussion if he can really bundle all of those traits together. So back to Texas with number five or? Yeah, so we're going to stay or <laughs> not stay. We're going to go back to the state of Texas, but going to a different school. We're going to go right. to TCU and we're going to go to Travis Hodges Tomlinson. The Tomlinson last name definitely resonates with a lot of people down there. He actually is the nephew of LaDainian Tomlinson, who was a record-setting running back at every level that he played at. A bit of a smaller corner. He's about five foot eight, hovering about 180 pounds, and he's going to be a junior this year. Outstanding player. I really liked him a lot. 
quick twitch, cat-like quickness. They actually play him on the outside. Doesn't play nickel a whole bunch from what I saw on tape anyway. But we know with the size deficiencies, he's probably going to have to transition inside. He reminds me a lot of Amika Robertson coming out of La Tech a few years ago as far as he has just that innate ability to just get in guys' face. Um, he he just loves the game. He lo- he plays with a lot of intensity, has really good ball skills, can crowd the window even though he does lack length, and he loves to come up and tackle. That's one of the biggest things that stands out about him, and I think that's what's going to give him a chance on the next level. But once again, there's that glass ceiling of where those nickel corners or those 5'8 or 5'9 guys, they very rarely go before the fourth round. For whatever reason, the NFL just does not value those guys until that round. But I think a player like him, you can get him in the third or the fourth round and he can be a day one starting nickel for you. And I think he's easily a top five player in the Big 12. I expect him to have a big season. And we know one thing that Gary Patterson is always going to have in the defense, he's going to have really good DBs. Normalize drafting and paying slot corners like they're starters, right? Like, come on. How many of these good players like this are going to slide because they're labeled a slot only when NFL defenses are in nickel defense 80% of the time? So don't sleep on Tomlinson Hodgins. All right, Jordan, who we got at number four? All right, so number four, we have Charlie Kolar, who's a tight end from Iowa State. Iowa State is loaded on offense this year on both sides of the ball. Actually, they're probably going to be, or I shouldn't say probably, they're going to be one of the better teams in the Big 12 this year. Charlie Kolar, it seems like he's been there forever, about six foot five, 250 pounds. That's where he hovers around. And I immediately wrote down the name Kyle Rudolph when watching him just because he's so good in the red zone. He's not a quick twitch tight end at all. He really thrives and survives on uh, those big contested catches. I think he's a solid route runner, but he just runs at his own pace with his routes. But as far as attacking in between the hashes, that's really where his home is. Every touchdown in his career has come in the red zone, which is a fascinating stat about him. So he's not going to give you much value as far as explosive plays outside of that. But he can run any route in the route tree that you want him to run. He can post up in zone coverage and find those soft spots. So I think there's going to be some teams that don't like him a lot just because he lacks those quick twitch abilities. But for somebody that's maybe needing that that big red zone threat or that second tight end that can play that true traditional inline Y position that can just survive and thrive in between the hashes and make a living in a home in that area, I think they're going to like Kolar a lot. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and the UFC. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online and your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in the game. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. When you use our promo code locked on, bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Jordan, time for the top three prospects in the Big 12 entering the 2021 season. And of course, next up is number three. So, at number three, we are actually going back to Oklahoma, not for the last time, but for the second to last time on this <laughs> countdown, believe it or not. And we have Nick Benito, who's an edge rusher slash outside linebacker for Oklahoma, a player that a lot of people thought was actually going to come out last year. Believe it or not, some people were saying that he was going to flirt with the pre-draft process, but he ended up coming back uh, for his final season in Oklahoma. And there was a lot of people that were really excited about him. Uh, he's about six foot two, 230 to 35 pounds, which is a little bit light 
for the position. And it does raise some questions about if he's a DPR designated pass rusher or if he can consistently survive out on the edge. So that's just the biggest worry with him right now. Can he hold up as far as a run defender? He does get pushed around a little bit. I think he's going to have to gain a little bit of weight, but he thrives as a pass rusher and he is, he has lots of hand maturity. He's very explosive as far as a linear athlete up the field. He has the ankle flexion of where he can dip and rip and turn the corner. He can hug the cup of the pocket and get to the quarterback as well. So I like Benito a lot, but you just have to be honest with the range that he's going to go in. So yeah. I think late day two, early day three, I think that's probably where he's going to end up going unless there's just a three, four team that likes him a lot and they want to put him at outside linebacker. So I could see somebody end up taking him in the second round, but what would be most comfortable to me would probably be late day two, early day three for me, but he's going to be, he's going to put up a lot of sack numbers this year, as long as he stays healthy. And then with how talented that defensive line is, and then especially along the interior, there's going to be a lot of double teams um, that are focused on a lot of those interior guys like a Perry and Winfrey, Isaiah Thomas, and then some of these other guys that they have along that defensive front. So Nick Benito is going to get a lot of one-on-one situations. And we know with how much, pass happy or how pass happy those offenses are in the big 12 he's going to get a lot of reps of show of being able to show off what he can do as a pass rusher yeah i mean you also think about the leads that oklahoma is probably going to be playing with guy can pin his ears back and just get after these quarterbacks so i'm sure he'll be productive once again in the big 12 jordan at number two you have Brees Hall, running back from iowa state getting a ton of preseason buzz right now is listed as rb1 which seems like a consensus for a lot of people across the board right now. Brees Hall is a really good player. I think he started 19 career games, if I'm not mistaken, at Iowa State. Um, this will be his, his his third year uh, at, on campus there at Iowa State. Didn't really start when he first got there. I think he sat the first six games and then played down the backstretch of his freshman year and then broke out last year as a true junior. Has a lot of clear air yards, and I'm still in that turn from our colleague Dre Harris just because <laughs> – That Iowa State system, they run a ton of off-tackle runs. They run a lot of outside zone, which is where Brees Hall really thrived for the most part. So over 65% of his yards last year came off-tackle, which is a tremendous amount. But as far as short area quickness, being able to make guys miss in the phone booth, he's able to do that. But you just want to see him do a little bit more as far as in between the tackles. That's the big question that I have about Brees Hall. I don't have any other questions for him outside of that. So him being the RB1 candidate for a lot of people right now. I do understand it, but I just want to see him play a little bit better in between the tackles. And then, of course, in pass protection, I want to see him be a little bit better in that area as well. But as far as teams that thrive off of these outside zone schemes or running off tackle, you know, like San Francisco or the L.A. Rams or teams like that, that really um, like to get outside or run those off tackle runs, I think Brees Hall could be a really good fit there. But like I said, I just want to see him play a little bit better in between the tackles. And I mentioned this to you guys, Iowa State, I would love to see them be in this college football playoff of where he can play against an Alabama or an Ohio State or a Clemson. Some teams that really can match that team speed that they have across the board that can force them to play in between those tackles a little mm-hmm. bit more. So Brees Hall is very talented. Don't uh, make it seem like I'm not. I'm calling him you know, uh, day three running back or anything like that. I just have some questions about him being able to survive and thrive in between the tackles. I want to see him play a little bit better in between those areas. Number one, I I think is of no surprise, Jordan. Who do you have? Yeah, Spencer Rattler, quarterback from Oklahoma. Him and Sam Howell pretty much have been seen as the consensus top quarterbacks in this class right now. And I liked a lot what I saw from Spencer as far as an arm strength standpoint. 
being able to see the field and attack coverage on all three layer or all three levels of the field. I think Lincoln Riley does a really good job of um, matching the the concepts to what he wants to utilize. And I think something that a lot of people have to understand before even looking or studying Spencer Rattler is that he's not the same type of athlete that Jalen Hurts or Kyler Murray is. And I think that's the mistake that I made going into his evaluation. That's the type of athlete that I was expecting. But he's a completely different quarterback than those two guys. And what I mean by that is even though he thinks and he believes that he's the athlete that Kyler Murray or Jalen Hurts is, (laughs) I don't think that's really resonated in his head. So I think he has to tone down the hero ball a little bit, especially when he's trying to run the football. And then when Lincoln Riley does try to use those inside or outside zone concepts with him, I think he needs to tone that down a little bit. And then just understanding where his outlets are as far as quick check downs, hot routes and things of that nature. But once again, last year was his first year ever starting. And then we know whenever you're out there as a first year starter, you're just trying to do everything that you possibly can to prove that you are the guy. So you see a lot of hero ball, you see a lot of inaccuracies in, at all three levels of the field with him. But I just think understanding where his outlets are, his checkdowns, and then just getting himself out of trouble, you see him running into sacks quite frequently as mm-hmm. well, just because, once again, he thinks he's Kyler Murray as an athlete, but he's nowhere near that type of athlete. So just understanding in his head what type of player that he is, I think that's what he needs to do to take the next step in his development. But from an arm strength standpoint, I think he has it all to be you know, a top-five pick in next year's draft. Yeah, man, the – the accuracy is so natural and obviously there's not a throw he can't make. So I'm anxious to see him this year and become more of a, a distributor in that offense. And obviously the comfort should be there. He's got a lot of good weapons, some good running backs to throw the football to as well. So he should put it all together this year. And if there's anyone that's trending towards QB one, the, the, with the best trajectory in my mind, I think it is Spencer Rattler. All right, so he is Jordan Reed. Make sure you guys follow my guy on Twitter, at Jordan underscore Reed. He's got the Read Option podcast going that features Trey Harris and Brentley Wiseman, so don't miss that. Uh, wherever you're listening to this podcast, make sure that you're subscribed to the Read Option podcast as well. So that's not all for us this week on the podcast. Tomorrow, we're, gonna get, we're going to get into the Pac-12 with Dre Harris, who is our regional scout at the Draft Network for the Pac-12. So don't miss it. Make sure you're subscribed. Would love it if you rate and review the podcast, and we look forward to catching up with you again tomorrow.